This is Conversations with Mashi Lipsker. And a good Nerev Shabbos. I'm Mashi Lipsker. And delighted to be with you here on Chai FM. It is an Nerev Shabbos, the first one of the three weeks, where, in truth, it is normally considered a time of um, difficulty, sadness, mourning, but we need to know how we need to relate to this time because everything in the life of a Jew is given to him in order to elevate, to change, to transform. There is nothing that ever happens to us individually or as a nation that isn't laden with potential. And when we are given something which in truth goes against what we're, the way we're supposed to live. We're supposed to live with joy, serve God with joy, if do as Hashem besimcha. And when there's something which seems to be the opposite of that, in truth it must contain even greater potential, even greater potential than the ordinary, as it were. And so we want, we want to examine the potential in this time, particularly in the light of the Parsha that we're reading on this particular week. It's a week which leads us into the second stage, as it were, of the three weeks, because this period of three weeks where we commemorate the morning for the destruction of Jerusalem and the destruction of the temple, the exile of our people, which in truth has lasted until this day, carries with it the potential for rebuilding, the potential for the future. And this week takes us not only in the first half of this time, which is the time before the month of Av begins, but this week, we will actually bless the new month of Av. And next Friday, it will be the beginning of what we call the nine days. So we need to know that as the darkness seems to intensify, what should our reaction be? In addition to that, we have incredible parshas that talk to us, things we can relate to up until this very day. Pick and Pay Hyper Norwood has the following specials, valid from the 5th of July to the 8th of July. Pick and Pay Frozen Baby Hake. Now, if Mashiach doesn't come, we will need to stop eating meat on Thursday night, except for Shabbos, and then all of the following week. Frozen baby hake forty nine sorry forty six ninety nine per kilo. Pick and pay butchery, the kosher butchery. Brisket a hundred and forty nine ninety nine per kilo. Rama one kilo spread for bread, forty percent fat, twenty nine ninety nine each. Clover tussers 240 grams, now only 34.99 each. 
And here we go to the non-meat meat, Fry's meat-free golden crumb schnitzels, the Parava schnitzels, 320 grams, now only 34.99 each. And unorthodox Savion Blanc, 750 mils, just 85 rand each. That's Pick and Pay Hyper, Norwood. Mashi Lipsker here. And we want to look at the message for the times. The Parsha this week is Pinchas. And the story continues with how Pinchas stands up to avenge the honor of God, to stand up for Hashem, and to do something quite out of the ordinary. We also have in the Parsha the daughters of Tzlovchot, five magnificent, beautiful, learned, extremely connected women who have an interesting request that they bring to Moshe. When we want to do something, we need to examine it not so much as I want to do this, but why do I want to do this? And within us, we often have very, very strong desires to do things. And the question is, are these things good? And should we follow up on? Should we follow our heart, as it were? Is this something that one should do? So we all stood at Sinai. And at Sinai, we were given a code of laws. At Sinai, we were told, this you shall do, this you shall not do. At Sinai, we were given mitzvahs and what we call a way of life. And the question is, is there any room for self-expression? Is there ever a place for me to do something where I feel so strongly and there isn't a specific thing in Torah that tells me, go and do this. This is right. This is the way to follow. And yes, in this parsha, we have two strong examples of doing something because you feel it is so right. Doing something because within you there's a desire to do something and you just are overwhelmed with this feeling. Now, Tyra is a study. Tyra is logical. Tyra appeals to a structure where you think it through, you decide about it, and then you act upon it. But sometimes there is a place for doing something which comes from the core of your soul. But what we need to make sure is when we feel something, we need to make sure that it's coming from the right place. Because our soul is something so powerful that it's actually part of God himself. And because our work in this world, 
is to choose. We're the only creatures who can choose. All other levels in creation have their nature, and they do not go against their nature. The inanimate remains inanimate. The plant life is plant life. The animal kingdom responds with instinct. Only man has the power to choose. And that is why it is for man to create a dwelling place for God within natural life, as it were, within the laws of nature, which is also a creation of God. Essentially, where does choice come in? God has created us that we have a godly soul and an animal soul. We have a godly soul that is connected, that yearns, that wants to carry out the will of God, but equally powerful, or sometimes it seems seemingly more powerful, we have a desire for the material, lusts, desires, an appetite for something. And what we always need to examine is where is this urge coming from? Is it God serving? Is it self-serving? Is this something that will connect us more strongly to our essence? What will the outcome be? Or is this something which will God God forbid bring us down? So we look at the Parsha last week. What happened there? What, what, what happened that on the eve of entering the land, the nation begins to behave in a way which is totally contrary to refinement? It's almost in a depraved way, in a way which follows lusts, the sensual desires, to the point where even the leader of the tribe of Shimon was blatantly involved in an immoral act. And Hasidic teaching tells us the following, that everything in this world which is truly lofty descends into something which can be very, very base, extremely physical. And there on that level, we have a choice. In the desert, everything was spiritual. The food was spiritual food, manna from heaven. The clothing, the clothing grew with them. It was washed and ironed, as it were, by the clouds of glory. It, too, did not require them to descend into physical dressing which can be for the glory of the soul and to make a Kiddush Hashem or God forbid it can become self-serving it can become because I like to look like this everything in their lives was from a purely heavenly source they didn't have to work for it they weren't involved in getting it there was water from a rock There was food from heaven. There was protection. Their home, as it were, 
was a temporary home, but the bigger home were these clouds of glory. They were so surrounded by the spiritual, and their entire desire was just to be connected to Hashem. They had no choice, as it were. And now on the eve of entering the land, where they were told, which is why the spies did not want to enter the land, they were told that you will go into this land and you will have to interact with it. Because the highest way of serving God is with the physical. Not cloistered in the walls of the yeshiva, but out in the world, where despite the fact that there are challenges, you make good choices. Where despite the fact that our sense, our inclination for the material, for the physical, for the base, for the low, is aroused, we're able to channel it in a direction of not that I am doing this because it gives me pleasure, but I am doing this in order to find the sparks of holiness, the potential in this thing that can actually become God-serving. When we enter into real life, as it were, the people were about to enter into the Holy Land. The purpose is to elevate the physical to encounter the physical, to be in the physical. But if instead of taking the physical and elevating it, we become enmeshed in just receiving from the physical, we begin to just satisfy our own physical desires. We forget that we're there to elevate it. Take something like earning money. Money has the greatest potential. The highest mitzvah is tzedakah. We can take our money, whether we have a little or a lot, and actually be mechaya, elevate the mood, the life of somebody else. We can actually take our time, our words, and give them away not just use them for ourselves. We can actually take physical objects and turn them into mitzvahs by giving them where they should be given and not just saying, oh, I earned this money. I'm going to buy myself a dress. I'm going to treat myself to a chiller. I'm going to go on a vacation. I'm going to redecorate my home. Wait a minute. What about buying someone else a chiller? What about giving them something so they can have some pleasure? What about thinking about people who don't have a garment? People who are, are having a simcha or a yontif and they don't have with what to do it. What about thinking about their homes that are in disrepair? What about thinking that they desperately need a vacation? The money that we earn, what Hashem graciously gives to us, can become a mitzvah. Our garments that we wear can be a mitzvah. 
When we think, I am honoring the Yonta for the Simcha. I am dressing in a way which befits my Neshoma. I am wearing something which will be a frame for the soul. My body is there for me to use in order to elevate God, to elevate the godliness in the physical. Everything, the way I run my home, who is around my Shabbos table? Is it just the people I like, the people I enjoy? That's self-serving. Or is it a place where the needy can come and be nurtured, where the downtrodden can come and be uplifted, where someone else who by divine providence is in my life has come to my attention, somebody else who needs something is now getting something. So instead of me receiving from the physical, I am elevating the physical. Instead of saying, what can this physical experience or this material object or this financial gain give to me, I decide I'm going to elevate the physical. And what is the greatest way to elevate the physical? That is to use it for a mitzvah. And the greatest mitzvah is to love the other. The greatest mitzvah is to care about those that Hashem brings into your space. When Hashem brings us something that we see, we must remember that the power of sight can go either way. Either, where it's mentioned the first time in the Torah that the woman saw that the tree was good to be eaten. And that was a choice now. It looked good, but for now the only elevation could have been that Eve, that Chava, should not eat from the tree. They had to wait for Shabbos. But when her eyes took her to that place, the eyes became the window through which choice was presented. And we say it in the Shema. Do not go astray after your hearts and after your eyes. Do not mistakenly make the wrong choice. Everything negative begins with a slight deviation. We must be determined at the outset to keep our toes on the path. If we deviate slightly from the proper path, then we become lost deep into the forest. A person lost deep in the forest, he made a slight deviation from the main road. The parsha this week is about choosing. Pinchas chose. He wasn't worried about his own pleasure. He wasn't considering a reward. Pinchas was only concerned for the glory of God. He was concerned because he saw a plague. People were falling. People were dying. And what Pinchas did was beyond rationale. When you feel something so deeply, Pinchas was so connected. But what did he do first? The first thing he did was to consult with Moshe. Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe the teacher. 
And once he consulted with Moshe, he was ready to act. Once he confirmed that the emotion that he was feeling was justified, it wasn't self-serving. This was something that if you qualify, if your feelings are so strong, you qualify to act. This was a very special case of choosing. Choosing for the glory of Hashem. Choosing to protect the nation. And a plain man, one man, stepped up to the plate. And forevermore, we remember his name. We'll be right back after this short break. This is Conversations with Mashi Lipsker. Mashi Lipsker. Mashi Lipsker. This is 101.5 High FM. And we are talking about choice, choosing. We're talking about elevating the physical. And the Jewish people, at the end of last week's parsha, were just about to make a big transfer, change, a step, which to some looked like a step down, but really is the ultimate step up because for 40 years in the desert they had been nurtured in a heavenly manner all their time was for the study of Torah they did not have to worry they didn't have to go to work they didn't have to enter the physical world and their work there was not to encounter the physical to engage with the physical to be in the physical which would now happen when they had to enter the promised land. And this is an explanation as to how it came about, that at the end of last week's Parsha, the people strayed, they strayed, they sinned in a most non-understandable way. After 40 years in the desert, nurtured by God's presence on a daily basis, living a miraculous life. How could it be that they sank so low to idol worship, to adultery? How? And part of the answer is that they knew that they had to enter into real life. They knew that that would be the only way that they could actually make the world a dwelling place for God, which is the entire purpose of creation. But they did not heed what the Torah says, Do not go astray. Do not follow your desires, your hearts, your eyes. We need to be so vigilant when we are in the world. We need to make constant choices. And this is why the spies didn't want to enter the land. This is why they chose, rather, to bring back a bad report a few weeks ago. But there was a group of people, an entire group of people who did not, for one moment, not one of that group did they listen to the report of the spies. And again in this week's Parsha, we will have a reference to that group. Who was that group? 
that group actually, well, they were the women. Not one woman cried, we don't want to go into the land of Israel. Not one woman believed the report of the spies that the land would be too difficult to conquer and it would be a land that consumes its inhabitants in a spiritual way, a place where we would fail. We would be eaten up by the materialism in the world. They knew that Hashem himself had instructed that we would capture the land of Canaan in order to transform it into Eretz Israel, the land of Israel. Despite the fact that we would have to do it in a natural way, we would have to do it in a physical way in order to make a vessel for God's blessings. In other words, that we would then begin to do what had to be done, but then the miracles would come in, that the blessings of God would be drawn down in the physical itself. Not one woman listened. Not one woman believed. Each and every one of those women survived the 40 years in the desert. Each and every one of them merited to come into the Holy Land. And in this week's Parsha, we have another story about the women who loved the land. They were the daughters of a man called Slofchod ben Chaifer. After the death of their father, they approached Moshe Rabbeinu and they said, give us an inheritance amongst our father's brothers. And in truth, their request was fulfilled. In the parsha, Hashem says to Moshe, you shall surely give them an inheritance, a portion amongst their father's brothers. Not only that, but an amazing thing happens in this week's parsha. An entire section, an entire law is added in the merit of these women. Another portion, as it were, is written in Torah. This is quite amazing. The men knew that they would be getting a portion because at the beginning, the beginning of this parasha, Hashem says to Moshe, to these you shall give, you shall divide. According to these people's names, they will get a portion in the land. But the daughters of Tzlovchad doubted. They weren't sure they would get a, a portion. They weren't sure. And they thought, we probably won't. And something within them stirred up that they must request, do something out of the ordinary, request getting a portion in the land. And they thought, something has to happen here. And they came along and they had thought about it. They had studied it. They were extremely knowledgeable in Tyra. They were great, great women. They were women who adhered to Torah in every way. Their modesty was superb. They adhered to what Torah says, that a Jewish woman must be modest. The daughter of the king must be 
kol kvuda basmelech pnima. It must be an inward kind of connection with God, not a blatant March 4th kind of connection. And they came with Torah reasoning. And Moshe Rabbeinu could not answer whether or not their reasoning was connect, was correct. And he brought their question to God. Their love for the land was so great. Their feeling that their father should not be, their father's name should not be lost from the congregation of Israel was so great. And they did something out of the ordinary. In the very parsha where Pinchas is rewarded for rising up in last week's parsha. And what was the reward? The reward was Kihuna. He became a priest. He was born after the gift of priesthood was given to Mosh, to Aharon and the sons who were already born. And what was the gift that God gave Pinchas? To be a Kohen, Kohanim. A Kohen is a person of love. Aharon, who was his great-grandfather, Aharon's entire being was to love people and to bring them close to Hashem. And that is the gift that Pinchas displayed that he had in his blood, that he cared about the people. He cared about Hashem, and he wanted the people to merit a closeness to Hashem, to merit entering the land and fulfill the will of Hashem. And so to the daughters of Tzlovchad, when they came and they said, give us a portion, despite the fact that it might not have been under ordinary circumstances the proper way for these women to approach Moshe, where he sat teaching Torah, they knew that. Nevertheless, Hashem testifies that they were right. They were right because they did not do this in a brazen way. They didn't say, doesn't matter that we are women. We demand women's rights. Not fair that the men have a portion. We also deserve a portion. That is not what motivated them. With great modesty, great understanding that this was something out of the ordinary, they approached Moshe. They knew the law, that a woman should be modest. Nevertheless, from deep in their soul, there was a yearning. And like Pinchas, who approached Moshe to verify before he jumped in and to get direction, these women as well didn't just go and make a demonstration and rally all the other women. They approached the leader and they asked him, Certainly, they were saturated with modesty when they did this. On the other hand, there was something so deep in their soul that motivated them. And they approached Moshe. And what is the proof that they were right? The proof is that God agreed with them and an entire portion was added in the Torah. And if an entire portion was added, it is there to teach you and me something that we too need to incorporate in our lives. We need to remember that every Jew is compared 
to a wife, to a woman, the wife of Hashem. And each and every one of us has a deep, deep desire to bring about the will, as it were, of our husband. In addition to that, each one of us is called the daughter of Hashem. And there's great love there from the father to the daughter. And that love must be reciprocated. And what was the desire? The desire was a portion in Eretz Yisrael. And the word Eretz means from the word Ratzon. It means the will, the desire, the loftiest desire. Yisrael? Yisrael is the name that was given to Jacob when he wrestled with the angel. And the message is, there must be Eretz Yisrael. There must be a desire, even if it comes to the point of wrestling with the ordinary, wrestling with what makes us comfortable, wrestling with the usual and having what's called Mesiras Nefesh. What is Mesiras Nefesh? Self-sacrifice. But Mesiras Nefesh means to give over, to put aside our Nefesh, which here means our Rotzain, for the Rotzain of Hashem. The will of the daughters of Tzlovchod was to be modest, to live as Jewish women should. But they saw a place here for sanctification of God's name, for the perpetuation of their father's name. They felt something deeply where it didn't matter to them if superficially it seemed they were putting their modesty aside, which they weren't. Just as Pinchas, he didn't care if he would be killed. He didn't care what would happen to him. They didn't care, as it were, what people would say about them. They felt there was something important that they had to do here. But they consulted Moshe, and Moshe confirmed that what they were feeling, he consulted with Hashem, and Hashem said, absolutely. And we need to know that this was Erev entering the land before they actually went into the Holy Land. And as we stand now, in the days before the Mashiach will come, it is up to us, each one of us, to act in that sort of way where we put our personal comforts aside. People say, this is who I am. I can't change. Life is all about change. It's all about choosing to change. It's all about choosing to take who we are and what we have and elevate them for godliness. Let's not live ordinary lives. Let's live courageous lives, but not lives that are careless and not thought through. We consult and we take preparation of this world to become a dwelling place for God to the next level. A guten Shabbos, a guten Chodesh.